Good morning, Jamie. How are you doing, Keith? I'm doing pretty good. I mean, going to have a bit of a bummer of a progress report, but uh, there's good reason for that and a little bit of self-introspection that came of it. But otherwise, I'm doing pretty good. The weather's been great. Had a lot of time out time with the, outside with the baby who loves being outside. I'm red, dude. I am red. I, I heard all over. I am as pale as you can be, and that's because I'm so No, no, no. There's no way you're more pale than me. No, there's no way. I'm I'm literally transparent. But now you now you're red though. That's the thing, right? So uh maybe I am. <laughs> maybe. I look like a ghost when I go outside because I uh, am so paranoid about getting skin cancer that I just like it's like SPF 50 just slathered over myself. I'm like I'm not even going to rub it in. I'm just going to have a thick wall of this stuff protecting me. It's going to be great. If I wear a bathing suit, people think it's floating shorts. Oh, okay. Walking You're around. literally see-through. That's man, <laughs> I don't know how you get burnt though. That's like the ideal place to be is the invisible man. Like well, you, sh- through. you can you can just see a, a red outline above the shorts now. Gotcha. Okay, there's just a line now. Yes. That's that's fun. It's not outline. It's an outline. It's a border radius, probably probably three. Oh, okay. Bring it back to tech. Point? I like it. I like yeah. it. Yeah. A little a little bit of border blur on that one. And so what it's, it's uh <laughs> <laughs> so what did you do? Uh, or what didn't you do? I don't, I don't know what, the, what question to ask here. Okay. So I didn't do all of the useful bits. I did mm-hmm. actually uh, submit all my forms and stuff to, to create Coder Journey LLC. So I did do oh. that. Uh, did, did my research on that business. Ended up doing it the cheapest way imaginable, which was basically, well, not quite the cheapest. I did get a registered agent. Uh, to basically be like my my pseudo address so that my home address is not on like public record and stuff. Oh. So I have a registered agent and that's like 50 bucks a year or something. Is that, where is that? It's actually in town. It's, okay. it's like there's a place in Fort Wayne where it's like the guy's like Indiana registered agent.com or whatever. And this is like just what he does. He's like, yeah, dude, I, I'll be your registered agent and I'll scan your documents over to you and uh, I'll handle the yearly report that you need to send to keep your LLC. How did you find this? Uh, in like a back of an alley off of a truck? What, what I just this? Googling around the guy. Okay. Dark yeah, web just, or, or. Oh yeah, of course, dude. Onion okay. router, man. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he, uh, I mean, I assume it's a he, but that's racist or sexist of me. Um, yes. But yeah, so that was one thing I did realizing that I could always just back out and be my own registered agent because it's really not that big of a deal. But I was like, eh, I might as well just kind of go down this route and have that little extra blanket because I wasn't sure, 100% sure if Kendra would want our address on public record. Well, you're also saving yourself a lot of junk mail as well. True, true, very so. true. Um, so yeah, because that's I looked at what all of the places that will like set up an LLC for you do. And it's like they always charge you a fee on top of whatever the fee is to actually submit the paper for yourself. They will be your registered agent and it's usually for well over a hundred bucks a year. And then they charge you on top of that, like a little bit of extra stuff most of the time to like maybe send the report that you have to send in each year and and do all that jazz. So I'm like, okay, I don't need anything fancy here. I just need like a cheap one probably. Mm -hmm. And then it's like an extra 50 bucks to get an EIN, which is instant from the IRS and free Mm -hmm. once you have an LLC. So like, I'm like, I'm skipping all this crap. I'm just going to fill it out myself. So wait, EIN is free once you get an LLC in Indiana? Uh, I thought it was yeah. always a fee. Huh. I, as far as I could tell, it's like 
doesn't cost anything and the IRS will give you one instantly. Like you just fill out the form on the IRS website in like 15 yeah. minutes and you get an EIN. Yeah. 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 So yeah, there's no, I didn't have to mail anything and Indiana's mm. website to like create an uh, LLC. They actually charge you more if you want to mail something in. It's cheaper if you just do it online. Good for them. So yeah, that was pretty cool, but I did that. So that's the extent of the progress that I made on my own stuff this week. What'd you name it? What'd you name your, uh, it's coder journey LLC is just Mm. the, uh, the, the thing. So I figured I'd run with that as my, my umbrella company and then uh, go with something else under that, but it isn't official yet. I should get the email back saying like, Hey, you're good to go today or tomorrow. It takes about 24 to 48 hours. And I filled it out literally yesterday. So I would have totally gotten nothing done had we recorded on uh, Saturday, like we were supposed to, (laughs) um, but and the reason for that and kind of the introspective bit here is that I wasn't working on coursework when I was during my job job. I was actually doing some programming stuff. And it turns out I need like a good balance of the two because mm-hmm. otherwise I get a little bit mentally exhausted because programming is like a, a mentally exhausting thing sometimes, even if I enjoy it like to death, like every day I was just loving what I was doing. Mm-hmm. But I at the end of the day, I'm just like, holy crap, I'm beat like I just... I'm absolutely whipped uh, mentally. And so like the I didn't just didn't have the energy to go and program stuff. But when I'm working on content stuff, it's kind of different. Like they're both creative tasks, but they're Mm -hmm. creative in different ways. Like creating content is more like writing. Actually, I would say that my job is mostly writing when I'm uh, for content creation stuff. And that means you you run into like the the blank canvas problem and, you know, coming up from start to finish with the problem. Like you're devising the problem and the solution versus Mm -hmm. in programming. Most of the time you have figured like the problem points itself out and then you have to find a way to guide yourself to that. But you have the end post and having that end post means you can work backwards and break up tasks and always know kind of one thing that can move you a little step forward. Mm -hmm. So I think programming is a really great thing for my mind when I'm creating content all the time because it's like, oh my gosh, I have this thing where I'm like, I can kind of create rails for myself to stay in because I can figure out what the next thing is that I need to work on. And it's a little bit easier to figure out what that next guide post is. That's a great way to put it. That's a great way to put it. I've never thought of it in that way, but I, I totally know what you're talking about. It's the same way you're like when I create talks or, or, um, or whatever, you know, you, I, I like the way that you put that where you kind of don't know what the end looks like. Um, yeah. There's programming. You do. So that's yeah, exactly. It's one of the reasons I realized that I'm so attracted to TDD is that I just get to put mm-hmm. the end on paper right away. And then mm-hmm. I can just let like just autopilot my way into that almost. Yep. And yeah. so, yeah, that's, that's kind of what I noticed as I, cause I was thinking about it and a couple of times I sat down and I was like, dude, why is this so exhausting right now for me to, to do this? Cause I'm like, I had a mentally like a super good week. Like I was in a really good mood. Kendra noticed I was in a really good mood. Um, I was enjoying everything that I was doing and I just thought it was really odd that in such a high, you know, happiness, high energy kind of week, you know, weather was good, all those things. So I couldn't even like pull the seasonal effect of this thing. Cause we're finally in like the good weather season of the Midwest. And so I was just a little curious and that was kind of the realization that I came to on, I need kind of that proper divide of work. And I had that before I worked at Linux Academy too, because I would do programming stuff during my day and then I would create content on the, on the side at night. So it's kind of a, it's probably the way I just need to continue to work through things is to not do yeah. the same thing all the time, but to have a good balance of those two things. Yeah. That's why the, uh, the Friday off, you know, I take all the Fridays off all the Fridays and, um, 
it's it's a good because it reduces the amount of stress that I put on myself. Like at the end of the day, I'm like, oh, I still got it. Or at the beginning of the day, you know, I got to work on some chronic stuff. Mm-hmm. or else you know i'm not gonna do it today well what if i'm gonna do it tomorrow but now i always have that friday like release valve like okay if i don't get it to tonight it's not a big deal i'll get to it f- friday and the reason i i don't want to do it on particular days is what you're saying it's like i just spent so much energy the last five hours trying to figure out this problem for my client and now i gotta work on this i found it i found it easier to get started on that stuff once you have like a more focused thing you want to get done. If you just say, Hey, I want to like implement this feature. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a horrible starting point. Like yeah, it's it needs almost too big be, sometimes you yeah. need like the, I need to implement this function that does this. Yeah, thing. Like, exactly. Having smaller bits is helpful for getting exactly. the ball rolling. Or even like, you know, maybe there's a problem. Like I find this all the time. There's a problem I ran across. I really don't know how to solve it, but <laughs> I don't want to sit down and say, okay, for this hour, I want to figure out this problem. I want to like sit down for 20 minutes and, and, and maybe Google this particular term. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like and once you get that initial idea, that initial really laser focus, then it kind of expands from there is what I found. But, yep. I can totally agree with that. Yeah. I did cool. do, since I was programming for day job stuff though, I did run into some things that I thought were pretty interesting that I wouldn't mind talking about. If you, if you want to chit chat, just talk and shop on random programming. Yeah, um, I would like. So, did you look into? I want to get back to the uh, business, the business oh, okay. papers, yeah, go back to that real quick. Thing. Did you look into Atlas at all? Like, it was it expensive? Was so is it Atlas just was five hundred dollars? Okay. Um, so, and that's just like a flat thing. Uh, five hundred dollars. Yeah. They set you up in Delaware with an LLC. They're your registered agent. I didn't look to see what their like recurring costs were for that. Hmm. Um. But yeah, they do those things. I think they also set you up with a bank account, which I'm like, I can set a bank account up for myself. I'm not super worried about that. But just the upfront cost was enough to deter me at the moment, just because I'm like, eh, I'm like, we talked about this a little bit last time. Like the YouTube funds are are down a little bit at the moment. So Mm -hmm. yeah, $500 seems like, yeah. Yeah. It was the same price to start a, start an S corp or a C corp. Yeah. And That's I'm like, okay, that seems weird. Cause I remember when Tatsu Inc, right. Mm-hmm. Being like, it was much more expensive to start than an LLC. So I, uh, was a little curious about like why they're the same price, but I guess it's just one of those things that they're still providing you plenty of things mm-hmm. and they just want to have like one flat rate, but mm-hmm. yeah. So cool. that was why I ended up going down that route. And it, okay. it's one of those things that I know I can go and change the various pieces of the business later on if I need to, but not yeah. super concerned about it right now. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. Do you want me to get in my week and then talk about random programs? Yeah, let's go for or? it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I in a similar book to you. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Last, last week was tough, man. It was just tough. Just worldwide. Like I, it was hard for me to get through the day. I took one day off last week mm-hmm. and just went swimming. Um, I deleted Twitter. Like, I just got really, really angry and just needed to just take care of like myself and make sure I don't lash out on anybody. And, and so like programming was, it was really, really hard for me last week. Uh, I probably did about probably 12 hours of, of development last week, uh, just client work and everything. And so, yeah, I was really stressed out. Didn't do much. I did. I was able to get, 
um, Chronic to I finished basically the sounds, uh, the reverb. Oh, nice. Stuff. So I got that to work, and then I ran into just a bunch of deployment issues. <laughs> um, if it Hashtag wasn't not Keith's problem now, geez, this wasn't me. No, this was yeah, this was all the stuff that I touched. But it's just the iOS deployment story is just a cluster. As it as well as it. Oh, is. it's like, the iOS portion. Yeah, yeah. that stuff. One hundred percent wasn't me. But I'm yeah, just saying, since you moved off of my uh, right. monster Frankenstein <laughs> creation. No, this is all the front end stuff. And if it wasn't like an issue with like, oh, I remember how it started out. Um, it started out. I deployed something. Everything worked, and I got an email from Apple saying, uh, "You can't use UI WebView anymore. You can only use WK WebView," which was a warning they had like last year. And they must have, I think they implemented it like in April Okay. kind of cut it off. So I was like researching that and found like certain node modules that use UI WebView. Like I'm not using it directly at all. It's just these other modules that have it integrated for some reason or another. So I had to upgrade. I had to upgrade Expo. I had to do all the stuff. And then once I upgraded Expo, I found an issue with the build script because the you can't specify a certain thing. So it, all these things yeah. led to like fast lane blew up a couple times and like Expo so. seems like the most fragile piece of software in history because it's trying um, to pair so many different things together that it kind of, I mean, that can change right out from under it depending on mm -hmm. a build target or something like that. Yeah. So yeah. I, that is not a project that I would be, ever be envious for implementing. You know, mm -hmm. like, I feel like that would be so much work to keep that thing sane while like, oh, the Android story changes over here and iOS changed this little doodad. And yeah, that yeah. sounds like it'd be a nightmare. Yeah, it's the reason like I want Chronic to be as little client footprint as possible, you know? Mm -hmm. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I'm still actually working through some of those deployment problems. I still have not gotten a good deployment. Uh, I haven't really worked on it, though, the past, you know, week or week, half a week or so. Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't even really know where it's at. Um, but I did, I do think I solved the, the web view problem. It's just various other issues now. So, um, I don't really have much to report back about that as far as what the issue is, but hopefully next time I'll, I'll be able to lay out all the issues. Okay. Yeah. So my, my other goals were to kind of work on some of the, the branding um, design stuff and hand that off to electric fun. I still mm -hmm. have not, not done that. Um, and the other thing I wanted to work on was like a settings API so that you could for reverb, change the settings to, so you could change your sound and stuff. Gotcha. Uh, those, yep. those two things I'm still going to work on. And then I'm going to, and I, the other thing I wanted to work on was the marketing efforts. Um, <laughs> So I'm going to also work on that in the next two weeks, uh, get the onboarding flow set up, like seeing how a user is going to be like, quote unquote, onboarded and added and added to the beta and all that stuff. Um, I'm sure there's going to be some development tasks around that. Um, but it's just a, a task I thought about. I, I really don't have any more concrete ideas around that. Gotcha. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm just going to kind of like set some alerts, um, for, for maybe some social media, maybe some Google stuff and kind of just see what people are asking, see if I can like get engaged in the conversation and like promote chronic and stuff like that. Um, 
but basically that's just getting like some alerts set up and just know where to look for certain people and things that are out there that I can kind of um, rally support around chronic around. So yeah, those are my marketing efforts. And then the, the whole, uh, how do I, how do you work site that I want to create? Oh yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So I'm gonna get that, that, that hooked up as well. So, um, but the other thing is I'm, I'm going on vacation this week, so I won't be, won't be having a lot of time on this. Um, my family's, uh, off of work for the next, you know, my wife's a teacher, so yep, they're all yep. off, off school. So we're doing a, a family vacation in the woods in, uh, Gatlinburg, Tennessee. Got a cabin. Oh, nice. Just gonna drive down there and hang out in the woods. So this week is probably not going to be a lot more productive, but that's okay. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. It's, uh, I think we've talked about this before, you know, the, the whole base camp, like they do a four week, uh, four day work week in the summer. And then in the uh-huh. winter they get things done kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And how like that always seems super backwards to me just as a person who is completely ineffective in the winter. I think taking time in the summer to just do your own thing is really healthy though, especially this weird freaking year, dude. Like, yeah. This, this, yeah. It's, I mean, just being, just being cooped up for months and months and months. Like you need a vacation. I need a vacation. Not going to have a vacation actually, which is kind of a bummer, but yeah. do you need one? Uh, my Eden's babysitter, which is her grandmother is having a hip replacement. And so she can't babysit for the next like 68 weeks. Mm. And uh, we don't have like a backup babysitter for in COVID times. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm taking a day off a week. Kendra's taking a day off a week. And then her sister is going to cover another day a week. Kendra only works three days a week normally. So hmm. that's how we're Man. making that work. And, that's but I'm tough. like, there's, that's gonna, there's gonna go my vacation time and stuff too. And we actually have a meeting later today to go over and make selections for finishes for finishing our basement, which we're going to do this year. Cool. And yeah. So there's like cool stuff there, but it's like, yep, Keith, there goes the, you're spending your money and your time is kind of being spent too. Uh, so there's like definitely no vacation on the horizon for me, but like I would encourage literally anybody to take a vacation instead of being try like trying to be uber productive in this mm-hmm. particular year, just because of how much mentally it's necessary. Yeah. It also gives you time to recharge and come back and, oh, yeah. and be more productive. So I, I, I do think insane amount of books while I go on vacation. Like I read like yeah. three or four books on like, and uh, what I read last time I went on a vacation, I read, uh, I oddly enough, I read the 12 week year. I actually read the book, uh, which is pretty good. Nice. And so I <laughs> read that out. one time on vacation. Uh, yeah. To old, old client there. Um, <laughs> but so I read their book years after I worked with them. And then I read deep work in that exact same vacation that was like four or five days long. And there was something else I read in there too. And yeah, I was just like, Oh, okay, cool. Oh, I was reading a book on memory. Like and actually, uh, <laughs> you almost forgot it. Yeah, I that did. Almost. That's super ironic, actually. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just I love going on vacation because usually I will read things. Coder Journey actually came out of a vacation. Like Kendra and I were in a cabin in the woods, like with no internet connection for like three days or so for our, our anniversary, I think. And Coder Journey came out of that, like whole business plan, or you know, like kind of like what my goals mm-hmm. were, what I was going to do by what date, and sort of stuff like that. And then ended up executing on it. Hot, that's yeah. awesome. So yeah, that was that's good to take some time away. But oh, the other thing I almost forgot. Uh, the other thing I got over well on Friday, 
uh, what's my Super 73? Did I tell you this? Did I tell you? I ordered oh, a they Super actually chipped it after you programmed a thing to extract <laughs> the spam them. <laughs> Spam's a strong word. Uh, I shut it off uh, for the weekends. But um, yeah, I finally got my my bike. I got a little electric bike, um, super73.com. Uh, they're really cool bikes. They basically look like little bobber motorcycles, but they're electric bikes. And uh, dude, it is fun as shit to ride around. So I've just been like, speaking of podcasts and books, I've been listening to podcasts and books while I just scoot. Scoot, I just imagine around. you rolling around on a moped, Dude, just like jamming. Out I got to gloves. You. I got riding gloves. <laughs> I got. I got. What else did I get for it? I got a little bag. Dude, I've been working on my on my bike on my hog and my in my nice. garage. Um, yeah, it's got a new seat. I uh, got some new grips. Yeah, I'm just gonna be modding modding my hog and uh, in my. I'm at the age where I want a workbench in the garage now. Oh yeah. I think that's a certain age thing. That's an age thing. Yeah. Yeah. Not to work on like homeownership thing. I figured I was going to get there. Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say. Like not to work on anything that would, you know, increase the value of my home just to work on my, my $2,000 (laughs) e-bike. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, I would recommend anybody that wants to uh, get out of the house. uh, Go ahead, get yourself an e-bike and go ahead and email me and maybe we can be in a gang. Ah, the e-bike gang. Mm-hmm. Sylvania mm-hmm. Road Warriors. Yeah. Fur, you're going to have to get, fur's going to be involved. You're going to want to put fur on your motorcycle somewhere. And that's how you're going to know that you're in the, uh, in the e-bike, e-bike gang. Nice. Yeah. yeah. All right. You want to really talk some day. random programming? Cause basically it looks like our goals from last week are going to turn into our goals for the next recording. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Welcome to another episode of. Yeah. So yes, please. We, yeah. Um, basically, I thought you'd be interested in this because I was building a kind of a pretty complicated suite of CLI stuff to to automate some things between some backend systems and uh, Asana to do whatever. But I wanted to, it's a Python package that's a CLI and I need it to be as easily installable as possible without being able to publish it on PyPy because it's like proprietary stuff. So I ended up going with GitHub actions as a thing. And I was like, I bet I can do this. Like I bet when I merge up one of my pull requests and I can have it build a release for me when I push a tag up. So mm-hmm. I actually said this, I created my first custom GitHub action um, by nice. writing the actual you know, JavaScript, which is totally false. I actually just took one that existed and customized it to be a little bit more flexible and allow you to have some variables in your, um, uh, the actual assets you create kind mm. of thing. Mm. But yeah, so I set that up. So now I have it like, you know, obviously GitHub Actions running my CI and whatnot. But now when I push up a tag, it will cut a release with that tag's name. And then it will also go through the process of building a uh, binary distribution of the package. So it'll create what's called a wheel file in Python that can just be like pip installed. So you can do like pip install path to the wheel file. It can even be a URL to the wheel file. But since it's a private GitHub repo, there's no like good way to point to it. Hmm. And uh, yeah, that was a pretty fun experience, actually. GitHub Actions are pretty sweet. So okay, uh, yeah, this sounds cool. But what what is the th- what is the package that you're pip installing? You're pip installing the release. Is that what? Uh, you're- so the releases can have custom uploads that you put on them. 
And th- what is what do these releases do? I'm sorry. Is this for your for your application for your guys? Yeah, this is the application okay. itself. Like so, okay, what gotcha. happens uh, when you're installing a Python package? Uh, and set up that pie. So set up utils, dist utils. Uh, the, basically, the way that you go about defining the package, kind of like a gem spec in a way. You can set up console scripts, which are basically little binaries that they'll add to a local path for you that will go and invoke some function inside of one of your modules. It'll automatically write that for you and set it up as an executable. So this will go off and it'll grab all the source from it and then it will install it and set up those executables for you. So that's what I needed is I needed somebody to be able to have the commands that I was packaging with this thing after they ran a single command, basically. And this does it for me really well. Wheels are cool because they they package up just the things that you need into one file and then you can specify your dependencies. And just like your gem spec, it'll go off and download the proper versions of the dependencies that you need upon installing the single wheel file. Hmm. But That's yeah, pretty cool. It was pretty, once I got it figured out, it honestly took me probably a little bit longer to figure out than it probably should have. And that's just because it's kind of annoying to test. Like, yeah. Yeah. Testing anything that is custom inside of somebody else's task runner is tedious as all get out because like in this case i had to just like sort of make a modification push up a new tag and see what happened mm. and yeah speaking was, of speaking of the ios deployment situation that chronic runs on yes i know very well mm-hmm. um so do they have like a local runner for github actions that you can like kind of use and play around with or no uh i actually don't know okay I, I thought I read that somewhere because I remember it thinking like, oh, that sounds a lot like what GitLab is doing. But, um, oh, that's cool, man. Um, is this the same tool that you were thinking about building using the Chrome extension? Uh, kind of. I had already built a thing using the Chrome extension. This was just a little bit easier for me. So working with Chrome extensions is also super annoying because mm-hmm. you need to send it to Chrome for like review. So like I can't just release a thing and be like, here you go, everybody who needs to use it. Like it could take multiple business days to actually get released to everybody else if I don't have them running the source unpacked distribution. Gotcha. So yeah, that uh, I was like, okay, I'm just going to pull this out into a Python project because I can deploy this super simply to everybody. And that's kind of my general approach to doing it but yeah it's a similar concept i needed to do some different things but we had some api changes so this like i actually screwed up a release because i didn't even think about it but this now uses some like graphql stuff inside of it to pull from some custom apis and uh i put those in graphql files inside my project and not even thinking about the fact that when i go and build the distribution unless i'm very explicit about like what kind of files should come in it only puts in python files so of mm. course, the first time I deployed this thing, my boss is like, yeah, real cool, dude. And uh, <laughs> shows me the error that gets print out because it's like, cannot find file, whatever. And I'm like, oh God, I'm an idiot. But <laughs> yeah, fun times. So it was, it was enjoyable to work on for sure though. And now I feel a lot more comfortable with GitHub Actions and kind of just what their general structure is and how you can set up custom variables and actions that you create for yourself, which is worth noting, you can package new actions inside of your GitHub repo. So if you have something custom that you only need for this repo, you don't have to pull the action out to be its own separate repo that you reference. You can put it in the GitHub repo itself, which is pretty nice. And then you can reference it by local local path. Okay. So yeah, I think of GitHub Actions as like middleware that gets run through the deployment or the build process of of an application. And then you have some context that you can add variables to or whatever and 
pull those in, bring those out. Is that yep. a kind of the correct mental model or a uh, correct mental model? Basically. Yeah. Okay. I mean, there are two different types of actions. I've I was working on one that is a node action. So it's just, you're writing JavaScript. Um, but there are also Docker actions that you can build out that, you know, require mm. pulling down some Docker image to do something fancy. That's cool. But yeah, it's the action is like an individual step that you have. So like a lot of times those would be like run script or whatever. And then it can give, you can have like a list of things that you just type in to have it run. Mm -hmm. Well, the one that I have is I customized, uh, upload release asset is one that is like officially provided by GitHub, but the release asset needed to have the tag name in the, the name of the asset. And there's Mm -hmm. no way to expand that variable. You can reference certain things. So I could reference github.ref, but that would give me the actual git ref to it, which would be like slash ref slash tag slash tag name. And I didn't need that. I just needed the last part of it. So the reason I had to customize it was I needed to pull that down or I needed to add like a tag name thing that would just pull in GitHub ref, chop the the thing up and only give me the like 1.4.0. Mm-hmm. And then I needed to find a way to say, okay, in the asset, if you ever see me use dollar sign all tag name or, you know, all caps tag name, then actually just substitute in this value. And that was something that I was actually kind of surprised was not it baked into it by default. And I think I might see if they want to add that as a thing, but it seems like it would be a good idea to be able to have certain variable types in there but having like since i had to have it be so specific to what i was doing like if you want the tag name you can put it here but it it would be hard to have that be dynamic in any way yeah unless you looked at the assets last or you looked at the assets first like the urls and we're like hey if you if there's ever like dollar sign all caps and underscores or something then try to see if you can create a variable from this but <laughs> Yeah, that sounds so, cool, man. Yeah, I, I was pretty happy with it. And now I feel like when I'm working on, you know, say Pokedex, for instance, if I need to do something uh, pretty custom, then I can go off and do that. And they're actually Pokedex's thing. The My actual CD pipeline is a little bit screwy at the moment. Like continuous integration. Yeah, that works good. That's fine. But the deployment portion is not there yet because I don't have a good step for creating a new Docker tag, pushing that to Docker Hub, and then um, deploying that using Kubernetes. So now that I've got this under my belt, I'm feeling a little bit more confident about this, and I should be able to uh, go off and achieve that. Cool. Is that your next, what you want to do next? Or are you still going to work on the assigning a card to a, a user? Yeah, I'm still working. I want to work on the real stuff. Uh, yeah. now like I'm, I'm out of ops line for a while. Manual deployments are good enough for the time being. Yeah. And, and I know roughly what needs to, I mean, you know, if I feel compelled at some point to actually automate the deployments, then that'll be fine. But yeah, for right now, I want to continue to work on adding cards to collections. And I was, while I wasn't programming on the project a lot, I was thinking about it a lot. And I realized like, dude, I'm going to completely screw myself over if I don't start modeling a card in the database kind of now because right now there's still not like a pokemon card model Mm -hmm. or table or something like that and so i'm like i need to at least create some sort of database table for associating these things instead of being like a collected card holds on to some just random string that i search from a dictionary because i have this card cache uh process that runs and on my local machine it'll return search results in like microseconds Mm-hmm. But on the server, it takes like could take a couple hundred milliseconds to search through 12,000 ish cards. And I'm like, that seems kind of slow. A database can do that faster. Yeah. So I think I'm going to benefit from moving that into a database just because 
that's I'm not running yeah. this on a laptop with 16 gigs of RAM and right. the cloud, you know? so <laughs> yeah. that's that's another thing that came to my attention as I was and just working on UI stuff uh, a couple of weeks ago as I was like this is slower than I was expecting it to be once it was deployed in production mode so what can we do to make that faster so that's going to get baked in here as I'm going to be you know moving this stuff into the database probably removing the card cache process uh, or at least modifying how it works where it like does some database pulling but that's that's kind of where my goal is. It's basically the same thing I want to do before. The details of how it gets implemented are probably a little bit different behind the scenes, though. Cool. Sounds uh sounds fun, dude. Yeah. So I will record again in two weeks, and you should have a vacation in between that time. I think, right? Yep. And yep. Then, leave uh, tomorrow. So yeah. Cool. Hopefully, you come back recharged and uh, ready to tackle things. Sounds good, man. Thanks. All right. Bye. Bye.